Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz, and the Seahawks have, they stayed put with their first round pick, and they've done something that I feel like, as Seahawks fans, we get kind of used to when they take their first pick off the board. They take a guy who we've never really heard of or studied much of, and uh, so we get to we get to talk about this. And joining me is EJ Snyder from Windy City Gridiron, senior draft analyst over there. And so I'm hoping, I'm hoping, EJ, that this is a guy that you've actually looked at and uh, because with you following the Bears, maybe maybe they need some linebackers. Linebacker was just not on my radar as a Seahawks fan. Uh, certainly not in the first round. I, I think the Seahawks did something um, unsurprising by picking somebody that uh, nobody else had that high up. That's a typical John Schneider move, right? The surprising part was probably staying pat and not trading back for extra picks. Uh, but the guy they go and get is a solid player. But like you, I didn't have it as a super high need uh, for the Hawks. Uh, I certainly didn't have Jordan Brooks as a first round player, but I have studied him and there's a lot of lot of things to like about Jordan Brooks. So for all the Seahawks fans out there that might be, you know, throwing a pencil at the TV or doing whatever they do to sh- to sort of vent their frustrations, relax a second. Um, you know, the Hawks believe and they've been pretty successful in identifying talents that fit in their system. And and Jordan Brooks is that guy. So Jordan Brooks, a run and hit linebacker from Texas Tech. Second team AP All-American last year. Uh, I just saw a stat on one of the, I think it was CBS brought up that he had 20 tackles for loss in 2019, which was sixth in FBS. So, you know, the guy can play, he can move. One of the best things about Jordan Love is his decisiveness. When he decides to come downhill and he decides pretty quickly to do that, he's very effective, gets through the hole, makes the tackle, um, very good at sort of throwing an arm out and making a really solid trip arm tackle, uh, uses his speed and his length, very athletic guy. People say, oh, what's, you know, what, what role is he going to play for the Hawks? He's, he's right now probably an understudy for KJ and, you know, his eventual replacement likely, but very athletic. And you need to be that in the modern NFL. If you are a quote unquote, two down thumper, your time has come and gone. You need to be able to pass protect from down one to down four if, if somebody's going forward on fourth. And his ability to move, hit, read, run are all very, very good. You know, is he a first round talent? Uh, no, I didn't have him there. Could he be a very solid contributor in a role that the Seahawks sort of see and define for him? Mm, I, I think the Seahawks are maybe better at everybody else than sort of uh, – avoiding all the voices and saying, ah, we know what we need. We've, we've assessed his particular skills in our, in our system. And we're, we're very happy with the fit. And I think that's what they did here. When we talked linebackers though, we talked about guys like uh, Logan Wilson out of Wyoming. I think we talked a little (laughs) bit of Willie Gay Jr. Uh, We we even talked a little bit of the pass rushing linebackers too, like Zach Bond and Josh Uche. Do you see Brooks? It sounds like if he's more of the, the replacement for KJ Wright. He's not the pass rushing type of linebacker that you would look at. No, I don't see him as a super strong blitzer in this class. Now, can he run a green dog blitz from the middle on a delay and get to the guy? He absolutely can. He does. Um, Is that his strength or his forte or what I would really mark down on film as, as a calling card? It isn't. He has the athleticism to do it, but he is not a blitzer by nature. And he is definitely not what you would consider sort of an edge rushing threat. 
Um, they play him there occasionally in sort of a wide alignment on third down, but not his primary role. And really more, like I said, a run and hit, uh, read and react type linebacker. Very, very quick, super athletic, has decent size as well. He's not undersized. A lot of those guys are quite small these days. Um, he is not. Um, but a lot of the guys you mentioned, I had rated higher than him. Certainly yeah. Logan Wilson was farther up my board. Other guys I had ahead of him, Malik Harrison. Now Malik Harrison, a mm, little more in the thumper role, a little bit limited laterally. So I could see why they wouldn't take him for this particular role. A guy like Akeem Davis Gaither out of Appalachian State. Um, Willie Gay Jr. is one you mentioned whose who's highlights, quite frankly, his flashes were higher than Jordan Brooks. He had some very hot games. He was a little bit inconsistent, but incredibly athletic. A little bit smaller than Jordan Brooks, but I still had him rated higher. Uh, and then even a guy like Troy Dye from Oregon, I had um, really as his equal. I didn't have him rated higher. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Dye's probably going to go in the fourth, would be my guess. And that's about where I had Jordan Brooks slated and would have been happy if anybody had picked him up there. Honestly, if they'd sort of reached and picked him up in the third, I would have been like, okay, they believe. The first, that's... Um, that's a serious vote of confidence for your inside linebackers coach and a strong belief that his skills fit your system incredibly well. Yeah, I, I do wonder about the system type fit, because I guess one of the things people are going to point out with the Seahawks pick and taking a linebacker here is the fact that LSU linebacker Patrick Queen was on the board still mm. and went immediately after to the Baltimore Ravens. So these guys are going to be compared now just throughout their careers, especially in the mind of Seahawks fans. Yeah, the Seahawks don't do their draft picks any favors in that regard because they don't care. I'm I'm in the middle of a live stream going through the first round of the draft with my uh, bootleg football podcast partner, Brett Coleman of Film Room fame from YouTube. And his first thing he said when this happened, and it was confirmed as real as one was, is that real? And the second one is John Schneider doesn't give up F. <laughs> And he doesn't. He doesn't care about any of that. And and it is, uh, quite frankly, you're right. Um, history will always have Queen and Jordan Brooks neck and neck. And Queen was the second linebacker on my board. And the first one was Isaiah Simmons, depending on how you classify him. Yeah. So if you classify Simmons as something else, alien, all world defender, safety, whatever, that means Patrick Queen was the first inside linebacker on my board. And the fact that he went after a pick after Jordan Brooks to anyone with any system fit is a little crazy to me. Patrick Queen is clearly a better linebacker than Jordan Brooks right now. And, you know, knowing that you could have had him basically at the same pick, I, I'd be really interested. I'm fascinated is a better word to hear the justification from inside the Seahawks room to say, Nope, Jordan Brooks at the first round. Cause look, Let's be honest. They could have got him in the second. They definitely still could have got him in the third. The third, it might get a little dicey. The fourth, okay, now you're starting to compete for his services. But what makes you say this guy, above all others right now, is the target? All right, EJ. Well, it sounds like Brooks is a guy that the Seahawks could definitely value in the run game. Let's take a quick break and talk about how he is in the passing game. So let's do that coming up next. Joined by EJ Snyder, senior draft analyst at Windy City Gridiron, and we're talking about Texas Tech linebacker Jordan Brooks, who went number 27 overall to the Seattle Seahawks. 
And I think this is a pick that not a lot of Seahawks fans are excited about. You know, maybe they would have been excited about an offensive tackle of the future. Maybe they would have been excited about a guy who can go after the quarterback, considering that that's a big need for the Seahawks. But maybe linebacker wasn't one of those spots that was considered that much of a need. So what do you say to Seahawks fans who kind of want to get excited about their first round pick? Yeah, he is an exciting player. And, and you know, that's going to get lost in all this, largely because of, again, uh, exterior pressures that have been placed upon him because he is now a quote unquote first rounder and, and not quote unquote. We can lose the air quotes and say he is a first rounder. Like, that's a fact. He got picked in the first round. That yeah. comes with weight. That comes with expectation um, in the Seahawks mind. That also comes with a fifth year of control. Um, not again, a premium position where that's such a big deal, though. We're not talking about a quarterback or a cornerback or an edge rusher. Um, one of those positions that has a really high uh, material compensation in the NFL. And that fifth year of control is a cost control thing. Inside linebacker, one of the lowest compensated position groups in the NFL. So yes, they will get him for a cost controlled fifth year. Um, but that that's not a deciding factor in picking him over somebody else. Right. I, I do feel like linebackers have kind of become more undervalued uh, in the NFL. I mean, just I, I look especially over at the Rams at what they did loading up on the defensive line, loading up in the secondary and not really being that concerned about the linebackers. So maybe, maybe inside linebacker is kind of going the way of the running back in the league. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny, it's evolving and it, those two positions will always be linked. They always have been when it was power runners, it was two down running, uh, two down linebackers, thumpers to, to come in and counter that, to stop that threat on the early downs. Then you brought in your passing sets with your third receiver, maybe your scat back and, and you switch to an extra, you know, nickel or dime defender. That's all gone. Everybody passes on first down in the NFL. Passing is the standard. Nickel is the new base. People play nickel or dime over 70% of the time. And so running backs have had to change. You need to be part of the passing game now just as much as part of the running game. Uh, we were talking about this on the pre-show for the draft. If I said to you how many running backs in the NFL got 20-plus carries a game, about 85% of NFL fans get the answer to that question wrong. How many running backs in the entire league got more than 20 carries a game on average? It's two. <laughs> two in the whole league. And and honestly, it's like one and a half. So you need to be able to be a pass-catching threat on offense if you're a runner. And hence, if you're a linebacker now countering that same position – you got to cover the pass. You have to cover the pass. It doesn't matter if you can thump so much anymore. It's great if you can hold your run fit. That's necessary. But if you can't cover the pass, you're of very limited use in the modern NFL. And look, Jordan Brooks can cover the pass. He's got great physical skills. He's not terribly oversized. He's good sized. He's six foot. He's 240, ran very quickly. He's not overaged, which is kind of nice. He's, you know, 22 and a half. That's on the upper end, but not bad. Um, typical for, you know, a guy coming out as a fourth year senior. So, you know, there's a lot going for him. He is quick. He is instinctive. He does hit, which, of course, you want out of a linebacker. You want them to be physical. He's fast enough to cover, but it's just a question of these sort of external things of he's now a first rounder. He got picked in. He got picked ahead of Queen and. You know, again, the Seahawks don't care about any of that. It's it's gonna it's gonna follow Jordan Brooks a little bit. 
But as somebody, too, who's a Bears fan, you can appreciate the fact that Tedrick Thompson got picked ahead of Eddie, Eddie Jackson yes. in the fourth round, too. No, so. it is absolutely a thing. You're right to bring it up. Uh, fans will bring it up. Uh, it, journalists will bring it up, right? It is not a thing that's not a thing. It is a thing. He's now a first-rounder, and he got picked where he got picked, and he kind of has to play with that chip on his shoulder, live up to that, whatever it is. It's it's not an unreal expectation. Um, is it fair? Eh, it's not fair. Like he is not a better player. And I say that pretty, pretty conclusively. But again, let's see how he develops. Maybe he's the best thing in the world. I, I don't remember a ton of Seahawks fans jumping up and down when Bobby Wagner was selected. And Bobby Wagner is playing his way to a Hall of Fame career, right? So right. We're not always right on draft day. Let's see where we are in two or three years. Um, it, are the chips somewhat stacked against Jordan Brooks in this one by no fault of his own? And the answer is, oh, yeah, you got picked before Patrick Queen. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Well, I can tell you that just looking at his pro football focus profile, EJ, is that there are some things that I could see the Seahawks absolutely loving about him. The fact that he ran track, being on the four by 100 relay team, you know, being uh, and looking at his run defense grade being in the 90s for, uh, you know, being a run stopping linebacker, especially when the Seahawks struggled at stopping the run last year. It makes sense to me in that respect that they would go for guys because Pete Carroll wants to be a coach who can on defense stop the run. Oh, yeah. And he's got that. He is excellent moving forward. He's okay moving backwards, covering a tight end. Um, he has the athleticism. He doesn't have great length. Again, he's only six feet tall, but he is a great see it, hit it linebacker, right? He, that speed that you talked about, a lot of guys ran track. Sometimes when they put the pads on, uh, when you have to combine that with football processing, it doesn't show up on the field. That's not the case for Brooks. Again, the thing I let off with is when he sees it, he'll go hit it. He's decisive about that. So he is great coming downhill, filling gaps, spilling out to the edge, covering the boundary. He comes downhill in a hurry and he can deliver all 240 pounds at speed. So that is his game. And if that's what they want him to do, he has the best possible chance to succeed. Well, EJ, really want to thank you for coming on, helping break down the pick. And like I said, a guy who we didn't talk about going into this. So it's I'm, I'm glad to bring somebody on who has scouted him throughout the season and, and has a little bit of knowledge of him that uh, we can pass along to Seahawks fans because definitely not a guy on our radar. Yeah, absolutely. Give him a chance. He's a good player. It's definitely not a dud of a pick. Thoroughly unexpected. I'll give you that. But give the guy a chance in the system for a couple of years, see what he develops into. Um, he's got the base tools and now it's really about system fit. And that's where the rubber hits the road. A big thanks once again to EJ Snyder of Windy City Gridiron. And we will be back here at fieldgoals.com. Lots of talk about Jordan Brooks up on the website, fieldgoals.com. Check it out. And if this is your first time tuning into the show, we're going to have more to come throughout the draft weekend. Subscribe to the podcast, sbnation.com slash NFL podcast. You'll get these episodes right in your podcast feed as soon as they come out. So be sure to stay tuned. Lots more to come. And until then, go Hawks. Hawks.